Hello, and welcome to the Blog to Who cast. again everybody and welcome to another edition of the blog to who cast i am your host bedway gullage and we are at a momentous episode of the blog to who cast not only is this our 20th episode but this is the episode where we will wrap up our series 10 episode reviews so susan hewitt will be joining me shortly to discuss the doctor falls but before we do that you can now vote for us in the british podcast awards if you go to www.britishpodcastawards.com forward slash vote and search for Blog to Whocast, all one word, you can vote the Blog to Whocast for the Listener's Choice Award. Now, voting closes on Thursday the 17th of May 2018, so you haven't got long left to vote, but for your convenience, the link is in the show notes. So if you just scroll through, click on the link, search blog to whocast, all one word, you can vote for us. Now for your regularly scheduled programming. Hello, I'm Russell T. Davis, and you're listening to the Blog to Whocast. So hello again, Susan. We have reached the end of our series 10 episode reviews. We are at... The Doctor Falls. We definitely are at the end, and since we already did the Christmas special, I don't think we have any more reviews until the 13th Doctor appears, correct? Correct, yeah. Certainly not anything new, anyway. Or nothing televised uh, that's new. We'll definitely talk about Big Finish and, uh, and comics and things, but this is the last one, yeah. This is the end of our Series 10 reviews. If you've missed any and you want to catch up, they are all available in our archive. Just scroll through on SoundCloud or iTunes, Apple Podcasts, whichever method you are using to listen to the show. Now, I'm going to kick off with a bit of a rant here, Susan, because for me, the pre-title sequence of The Doctor Falls is appallingly misjudged. Uh, I'd be interested to hear your opinion on it, but the previous week... And in our last episode, we were talking about how well the patients were portrayed in the hospital, how you felt empathy for them, how the pain scene in particular really stuck out and how it left quite an emotional response, really. And this week, we get the patients strung up as scarecrows and when they get loose gunned down by farmers in full view of a child. I think they were trying to put the... Uh, well, except the fact that they turned the farmers into the heroes afterwards. I think it was trying to uh, um, dehumanize everything. and de- I was expecting the farmers to be 
less positive through the episode because of that. Hmm. Uh, how would you put it? To be um, more negative than, than they were originally portrayed as. But we didn't get into that anywhere into it. So I don't know how to how to say. I could see it being useful and falling along the same lines as the uh, patient's treatment. If it had been followed up and how the farmers were treated all the way through or became all the way through, but the farmers turned into the heroes. Yeah, I mean, it's... Obviously, we know that these are going to become Cybermen. Mm-hmm. But in this stage, they don't seem to be a particular threat. They're not... Although they're sort of marching on yeah, the farm or whatever it is, um, it's... What has been presented up until that point is that these are sick people who are in pain in need of help. Yeah. And when we see them in this episode, they're just shot down. It just, I don't know, I, I, it doesn't seem right to me. It's not. No, it's not right at all, okay? I uh, just thinking they were trying, just, I don't exactly know what I was thinking about it, but I know it did bother me, Um, but I don't know how they were trying to justify it. So it was an anomaly in the episode and didn't fit. I will agree with that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, tonally, it just seems completely wrong, particularly if you watch the two episodes back to back. I think it must be such a stark shift. If they were converted Cybermen and you have this established threat, then I understand that. That's fine. But these were just the patients that we'd suddenly developed this real sympathy for because we knew that they were in pain under all their head stockings and whatever and mm-hmm. uh yeah it just it 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 still bothers me even now and i can't understand the logic behind it i can't see what purpose it serves in terms of the story or just why it's there i mean obviously we get the end bit with a sideman walking out with the twelfth doctor in its arms, and that's it. And mm-hmm. then Q titles, etc., which is mm-hmm. an interesting image. It's an odd image, but it it sets the story going. But then we have to go back to the doctor on a rooftop with Missy and the master. Yes. So yeah, if we could take the pre-titles out completely, that would be great for me. But it was uh, unfortunately it's not the only flaw that I I saw in in this episode. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. what did you make of it as a whole? Well, I mean, as a whole, I enjoyed various parts of it that were. I certainly enjoyed Peter Capaldi's uh, going out and fighting the Cyberman and knowing where he was and what he wanted to do. I enjoyed Bill's transformation and how she dealt with being let down by the doctor and also um uh fighting at his side uh in a sense do you, do you so i really did enjoy that i enjoyed the banter between uh the two masters but not a lot happened in this episode and i know it's very popular but it was very it was sort of a it's a stylized episode uh, uh Rather than actually uh, an execution episode, how's that for an answer? That's that's a very excellent answer. I think I'll say now, Peter Capaldi is superb throughout it. 
all his stuff is brilliant, but for me, there's just a lack of logic in in a lot of what's going on. So we get some nice scenes with John Sim and Michelle Gomez at the start of the episode, but once we move up to different floors in in the ship, they don't really do anything. It's not really maybe this was lost on me, I don't know, but it's not really explained how the master has ended up on the ship, whether he's responsible for what's going on on the ship, if he has any connection to this or if or if he's just trying to get away. I I don't I don't know why he's there. Well, that's not explained. I actually thought the better thing would because we'd actually executed except for the fact that I really enjoyed the interaction between Missy and the master. Okay, uh was he should have just taken the part and ran off. <laughs> Point two. Then they're all stuck again. Yeah. <laughs> and that, then he would have been in and out very quickly. And I think the they wanted him to be the antagonist or put Missy in the in the um, decision making or or the dubious thing, whether she's going to go this way or that way. But I think the doctor could have easily played that role for for um, the which way am I going to go? Yeah, the ind- the indecision is is in Missy, and that's that's one of the more interesting elements of the story because you get the twelfth Doctor who is determined to fight on and overcome this army of Cybermen. Although why he's trying to defend these farmers again, I'm not so sure why. I don't, I don't really understand why they're trying to do. I couldn't understand why they just didn't run. But anyway, yeah. Again, it's if... get through the next layer, get through up, get through the next layer, get through up. You know, um, and why were they only going up one floor? Yeah, I mean, I get you know if the TARDIS is on the top of the ship, then they're trying to get up to there, but. Why, why be sidetracked by whatever the solar farm countryside level was? I don't... Yeah. It's very confusing and I don't... It, it just left me really unsatisfied as, a, as an ending, which unfortunately most season finales tend to do. The build-up is obviously brilliant and then they can't deliver. It, 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 it's because... There is so much to do, and the only way to solve it all or resolve it all is and a miracle happen. Yeah. And they did do and a miracle happen here. So all powers, t- uh, kudos to them. And really, this was only part two of the finale. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's the middle bit of a trilogy, isn't it? Basically, mm-hmm. yeah. And the rest of the one, we had to wait a long time for. It. We did have to wait a long time. Yeah, let's let's talk about Bill, because... Again, in the last episode, we said how effective her conversion into a Cyberman was. Mm-hmm. And it's. She's still a Cyberman, but it's kind of undone when you have scenes with Pearl Mackey standing in to convey what's going on. Oh, that didn't bother me that much. Okay. Because I think what they were trying to do and they put in in various points is how she. They were trying to show how she felt yeah. about herself. And she felt she was Bill. Yes. And the Doctor felt she was Bill. And Nordahl felt she was Bill. And the only time you actually got the Cyberman is when she was interacting with anybody else. Yeah. Okay, so I think that's what they were trying to reflect there. Um, yeah, again, I think in the last episode we said how well the science fiction-y concept of 
time passing at different speeds on the ship, how well that was done. I think in this one, this element isn't done so well. It's a bit more jarring. It's a bit more confusing because you're not sure. Uh, the way you've explained it is perfect. I I understand it. But watching the episode, I didn't get that feeling. I understand, but I, I had to think about it for a little bit. But it was only, she was only not Bill when she was dealing with somebody other than Rose. Um, and if you think about it that way, it actually works quite well. Yeah, and it does send a good message in terms of okay, this person may look like a hideous creature now, but from the Doctor's perspective, from Nardo's perspective, they're still seeing the bill that they knew. And yeah. that and that's great, but it doesn't work so well visually on screen, for me at least. I understand. Yeah. Okay. And then of course Heather reappears. Wow. That was one, another one of those subtle things that you had to be paying attention to and didn't quite come off as well as it did in the others. It sort of implies that Bill is now the same creature, I suppose, as Heather, the mm-hmm. pilot, the sentient petrol. It doesn't imply it. It, yeah. it, it. it is. She is the same creature as as Water uh, Heather. Heather, yeah. I'm, yeah, okay. But how exactly does that happen? I don't <laughs> Did you understand how it happened in the first place? No, not a clue. Okay, so we still don't know how it happened in the second place, but it is consistent with the first place. Right, okay. Okay. So it's being consistent with what's gone before, right? Correct. Okay. Yes, so I'll give him that. All right, I mean, if if Cyber Bill, I guess, saw a puddle in the forest and looked down on it and got sucked into it, then I probably would have got my head around it a bit easier. It would have worked better if she knelt down into the puddle when she was saying goodbye to the doctor or something and then transformed. Okay, yeah. I'll buy that. So perhaps that's, yeah, just me not following what, how, how it how it worked. I don't know. It's, it's trying to give you a happy ending and I don't mind that. I like the idea of Heather and Bill actually being together in the end because it ties up what we had in the first episode and and that's fine i'm okay with that it's just a bit clunky should we say yeah i i actually i found this the companion dies and doesn't die stephen moffat thing better than the clara the companion dies and doesn't die thing and amy's amy's i think was the best yeah uh, except i still don't know why the, the doctor couldn't go back so we we lose a anyway, it doesn't make any sense. Say it was blocked for a short period of time. Why couldn't he see there ten years later? It doesn't make sense to me. I'm still confused. Okay? Yeah. It's yeah, I agree with you. It's 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 not the worst of the companion dying but not really dying kind of kind of resolutions in that she changes species. I don't know. It's it's not brilliant. But I think the Cybermen as well, we get two versions of modern Cybermen. Again, we know parts of the ship are ex- uh, going at different speeds and the implication is these Cybermen have advanced quicker because they come from lower down the ship and all this sort of stuff. And it just, it, it... Well, no, that part didn't make sense because um, they were actually doing the work at one level 
they weren't doing it six levels down, and they didn't come to the same conclusion, uh, or a different group came to the same conclusion. So the different Cybermen, the only way I could see that was that they were from the same level, and some of them started going up the long way, and they started at the beginning, and then people that got evolved over time came up, and they had improved on the same model in the same level. Yeah, okay. Because I, okay. I think the way it's presented is you see them all, or the Doctor sees them all on the same level. So this idea that they're... Well, they're yeah. yeah, I can't remember exactly what the picture was. If it was at the farm level, it makes sense. If it was at the the industrial mess level, it doesn't make sense. Yeah, I think it's on that industrial level early on. Yeah, well, that doesn't make doesn't. sense. I think if you're going to do it, I think they needed to have. I know it's you know a bit fanish, but you needed to have an eighty Cyberman in there, and you know maybe a NAF Revenge or uh, a late sixties one just to get that. Well, yes, they should have done all of that. Um, I agree. But instead, it just looks like oh well, we've we've still got these costumes. Let's let's add more bug bug to it, and I don't know. That was it. <laughs> That's the reality. Yeah, basically. The reality, we didn't have enough of these other costumes, but we had these and we sent these up. Yeah. Am I correct? Yeah, that's basically what happened. <laughs> that's what yeah. happened. Again, it's another it's another clunky bit in the story that, you know, I don't want to focus on, but it's something that uh sticks it sticks in my in my brain when I when I think about this story. Let's talk about the master and Missy. We've mentioned that they don't really do too much, but we get that ambiguity of them you know is missy dead is the master dead the tying off of those loose threads so one thing is i didn't figure i think the security on gallifrey must be terrible because everybody and their cat and dog has stolen a tardis and what they've had is they've had a broken master with with blinky lights coming out of his head forever got him back on gallifrey fixed him and then did I don't know what they did with him? Gave him a better haircut and uh, some better clothes, and allowed him to escape. <laughs> I think he's covered in the episode. Didn't they boot him off? I'm not sure. After you know, they... why do they boot him off? I mean, that that doesn't make sense. Okay. Yeah, they were they were grateful that he defeated Rassilon, who'd obviously gone power mad when he turned into James Bond. I don't know. Gave the master his body back, and then kicked him off the planet. They hired him back. Rassilon was back, wasn't he? Uh, who was Rass? Wasn't he Rassilon again when we were with the tomato soup episode? No, possibly. I'm not sure. I will have to check because sure. I'm the person that doesn't remember names, and you're the one that's supposed to remember these. I d- I'm not sure if he was Rassilon, but he could have been actually. But that oh. heaven sent or hell bent or yeah, but this is the master's the- timeline. So, after the end of yeah. time, well, no, because then if he, can, oh, I don't know, it... the doctor and master have seen the time the the um, James Bond, and now we're on to the next Rassilon, okay, and that next Rassilon is with Clara and the doctor. I'm pretty certain it was Rassilon. I am looking up. I will check. Okay. <laughs> because I ha- you've now hurt my tiny brain and I need to find out. 
Yes. Well, <laughs> if you can explain it to me, then... Yes. So, shriveled onion, Rasmon, that is on Heaven Scent? Heaven Scent. Yes, Heaven Scent, with the tomato soup episode. You know where they keep on showing up, and one person shows up, and the other person shows up, and then we go through the, uh, I'm not going to kill him because he's a... Um, a war hero, and uh, then the yeah, short yeah. Sh- shrivel guy. That short shrivel guy is Rassilon. Right. And he's in charge. Well, yes. And then the doctor becomes the president for the umpteenth time and does weird stuff so he can get the whatever it is to save Clara. Fine. Okay. So that Rassilon is after the James Bond Rassilon. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Because. They've got out of a time loop, and the James Bond Rassilon was in a time loop, remember? Mm-hmm. So, he hasn't defeated Rassilon, because the Doctor is defeated. So, this Rassilon is after the other Rassilon. Yeah. Did I win that argument? Yeah. Yeah, I, I did. <laughs> I'm right. I am definitely right, okay? I believe you. So, therefore, whatever they, the mas- this master could have saved... Gallifrey from being stuck in a time loop, I buy that. I don't remember them saying he defeated Rassilon, because I suppose there could have been a middle Rassilon in between there, and they defeated that one, and the James Bond went out, and then he came back and went out and came back in again. I don't know. Half the half, It's sort of like they re-elect the same uh, orange guy all the time. So, anyway. I'm, I'm just leaving it at that. Okay, <laughs> let's move on from that. <laughs> I can understand the John Sim Master not wanting to stay in the fight with the Doctor and trying to escape, and I liked Missy's uncertainty, and she wasn't sure which way she was going to go, and all that sort of stuff. All of that is really nice. I still have no idea why she turned, how would you say it, good? Good. Good. I can't, there's no one who can do it as well as Michelle Gomez. Nope. But there is no rational reason why she should turn good. Good, 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 good. I fell. Agreed. And uh, it's, it's, a, it's a bit of character development, I guess. But um, it doesn't need to be done. It, you know, you've made her a female version of the Master. Just give us the Master. I think she sh- they should have both buggered off with the, the thing and ran off. Mm. And then been arguing about who controls the TARDIS. That would have been perfect. Yeah. And leave the Doctor trying to figure out what the hell he does with this planet. And that would have been fine. You didn't need... So that I think the thing that happens is on these episodes at the end is they would like to have everybody there and you don't have enough room in an hour for everybody to be there and use them. Yeah. Unless you're going to do the traveling roadshow um, at the end of whatever the thing that was similar to the Hobbits, um, the end of what was it, end of time or something? the end of time, yeah, the end of time. Okay, it's just nods, you know, rather than yeah, yeah. because there isn't the time to take advantage of all the characters. It's one thing to be able to get great actors to come in and do parts. But if they're just reading two lines or they're not on the screen enough or not doing enough, then you've lost the plot. And the plot governs the thing, not the actors. Yeah. And 
that's the thing that always gets lost when you try and do these huge episodes is, well, we've got these guys. Well, what are we going to do with them? I don't know. They can hold up furniture over here. Now, that wasn't the that wasn't what was happening here because there was a great interaction between John Simmons and Michelle Gomez. And I think that was well written, but it didn't forward the plot along. So there was this gem of, uh, it was almost a little bit of a soliloquy over here on a different play. Right, yeah. And then we went back to doing Macbeth. <laughs> so we had we had Hamlet over here for a short period of time, and then we went back to Macbeth over here. That's And that's sort of what happened. Both were well-written, really, really good, but it didn't forward the story along, and I think that's where you're getting lost. Possibly, yeah. But let's let's finish on a high and let's praise Peter Capaldi. He does one particularly wonderful speech, and all his stuff is brilliant. But oh, he's brilliant in this episode, definitely. He clearly knows what's going on, even if I didn't. Yeah. And his speech to the master of why he does what he does is really touching, and is actually more like the speech I wanted him to go out with in the Christmas special, but we didn't quite get that. So this is part two of the three-part episodes for him leaving, and he does a good job of going through. I wonder a little bit, because it seems to be the case that we're getting into, why do you want to regenerate anymore? And he's either got to decide he's going to... I don't like repeating that story, although at this point I do, do understand. Yeah. Is uh, almost with the loss. Well, he didn't. He doesn't know that he's lost Missy. Missy's dead, or not dead, or whatever the version is. Yeah, it's a tr- the Doctor in a sense semi tragic character, and uh, who's always dealing with loss because he has an affinity to attaching on to very short lived butterflies. Yeah. Okay. So he con- the fl- butterflies constantly die, and he constantly loses the butterflies. So. It's an interesting idea. Do you continue on with that idea that he doesn't want to regenerate or go on? Or do you um, make him looking forward to the future? And uh, They have to make up a decision going forward. Yeah, in the context of he's just lost Bill, it fits as to why you would ask those sorts of questions, I guess. Well, he hadn't attached himself for anyone for a while. And um, he atta- he attaches himself to Bill. Now, you could say he attached himself to Nordahl. Not really. Nordahl's there because he's lonely. Yeah. Bill was there because it, he, it sparked him, the doctor, back. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. So. Anyway. anyway. And then we get David Bradley as the first doctor. Yes. To set up the Christmas episode, which was nice and unexpected and... Yeah, it was. You you needed that hook. I don't, well, I don't think the Christmas special needed a hook, but it reminded it. You know, casual viewers, there's an end to this story. You might want to check it out. <laughs> I think you needed it there to finish it off. Hmm. So I do think they needed it. Um, otherwise, given the time frame from when it was actually um, aired to when the next episode was, which was forever, followed by another long forever, uh, was necessary. Yeah. So that that you know leads to a question: Is is it too long between uh, seasons, or do we need a chance to reset? I think in our 
current situation, it's nice to have this period of space and we're going to be able to reset and our, our palettes will be refreshed, if you will, mm. by, by the gap. But the way Series 10 finished and sort of was structured, uh, it was a shame that it was such a long gap before you had that resolution with the Christmas special. I liked it. I love Peter Capaldi's Doctor at this point. He's really become very special uh, to me. Um, so I enjoyed it. And I must admit that I will miss him. So I I wish Jodie all the best. And I think she's a great actress. And I think it, it, it'll... Um, yeah, she can pull off a great Doctor. But probably the last time the doctor will be my age or or and it was an interesting thing to to have him there and uh it will be i am sad to see him go yeah i uh, same i was privileged enough to get to work with peter capaldi on set on some episodes during his time with the doctor i've never met such a nicer man and as a viewer I think series ten as a whole was was the second series that Capaldi deserved uh, in terms of quality, in terms of the yeah. stories they were able to tell, and he has just been a superb doctor that I will certainly miss and will happily go back and revisit. I think yeah, it's not, history will tell, uh, hold him in high regard. I I hope so, even if. The general public might might be a bit more sceptical about his doctor. Anyone who appreciates a good actor will realise his his presence in the role. This is the box set generation. I think you'll find that, that uh, Capaldi's doctor will grow in popularity over time, not diminish. We're not seeing people watch the episodes week after week. We're seeing them almost collect all of them and then watch them in one blast and everything like that. Peter Capaldi's Doctor will have an ongoing strong legacy. I mean, he was just, he was done. He did a good job and this was a good season for him. Yeah, I'm very glad he had a strong season to go out with. Yeah, and I think it was appropriate that he went out delivering a superb performance, which is what he did for three years. And I can't th- mm-hmm. think of a more fitting finale than that. Well done, Mr. Capaldi. Thank you very much. Thank you. And thank you, Susan. That wraps up all our Series 10 episode reviews. So we can talk about other things that we don't know about. <laughs> so the blogs of cast will ramble about other subjects that spring to mind as we go into a recording. Thank you, Susan. Take care. And there you have it. That wraps up episode 20 of the Blog to Who cast and our series 10 reviews. Don't forget to vote for us at www.britishpodcastawards.com by searching Blog to Who cast. If you are using Apple Podcasts or iTunes, give us a five-star rating and send us your feedback by emailing blogtowhocast at dt-forum.com or tweet us at BlogToWhoCast on Twitter. But in the meantime, and until next time, it's goodbye for now.